Today's daf is daf Kufdalit. We're holding back at the beginning of the Gemara, about five, six lines down on Kufkim Olamid Beis. The Mishnah had mentioned that if a person had uh, either stolen or borrowed money or found an Aveda or uh, had owed, owed uh, wages and had, sw- stole, uh, had sworn falsely and then admitted that it would not be sufficient just to hand it over to the person's son or the person's agent, but you have to hand deliver it. In order to be Yotze, it has to get into the hand of the person that you have uh, uh, victimized. That's the only way you could be Yotze, the din of giving back the money. Now, the case of the Mishnah was so much specifically was a case where you had sworn falsely, Nishba. So the Gemara is making a diak, it's mashma, that this special din, that you can't just say, you know what, I have your money, come get it. You have to deliver it, hand deliver it. It's mashma, it's only in a case where you swore falsely. It means you added insult to injury, not only... Did you deny only the person money, but you swore on top of it, so there's a special din, you have to give it back to him directly into his hand. The implication is, though, that in a case where you owe somebody money, whether you borrowed money from him, or you stole from him, in such a case, you would not, to be Yotzi Yechiv, you would, to be, to notify the person is, I have your money, come and get it, that might be sufficient. It's only because the case the Mishnah is talking about, where you were Nizba. So we, so in, the implication is, only there do you have to hand delivered, in other cases not. That's the more as being with die. Nizba loy in. Only where you swore falsely, that's where the din is that you have to, even, even if the expenses, are, 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 are tremendous to go to Madai. You have to go in another country and deliver it. You would have to do it. But let's say you have not sworn falsely and you just happen to have somebody else's money. So then, you're not mechuyev to bear the travel expenses in order to return the item directly to the person. So it says, well, in money, who is the author of our Mishnah then? Loi Rabbi Tarfun, Loi Rabbi Akiva. It does not seem to go neither like Rabbi Tarfun, nor does it seem to go like the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. The sign you we learned in a so the Brai was talking about the following scenario. Gozel Echad Michamisha. A person stole uh uh, uh, from one out of one out of five people means there's five people they're claiming that you stole from me. He knows that he only stole from one of them, but he doesn't remember it clearly which is the one out of the five that he stole from. He doesn't know which one. So what are you supposed to do over here? So says the first opinion. Then you can put the gzela in front of them. Tosis means lavdavka. It means that you can notify the base. Then I have the gzela. Let them fight out among themselves which one is the one gzela that I have. Well, mistalik, and then you can remove yourself from the situation. That's divir Rabbi Tarfun. Rabbi Akiva Omer Lo Zuderech Matziyos that won't extricate you from the sin that you had done. If you stole, just saying notifying one of you can come and prove who it is, and you can come there. That doesn't exonerate you from the theft. In this case, in order to be exonerated from the theft, what are you going to have to do? You have to return it. You're going to have to pay five times. You have to go and pay it to each one 
in order to make sure that you have exonerated yourself from your initial sin. Now, the Gemara at this point understands that this argument, since there's no, there's no, uh, reason to indicate otherwise, this machlokas it does, is not dependent on was it a case where you swore falsely or you didn't swear falsely. But Rabbi Tarfan and Rabbi Akiva would still maintain their positions either way. Which means, according to Rabbi Tarfan, whether you swore falsely or didn't swear falsely, that if you have somebody stolen object, you're not mechuyif to pay five times. You can just make an in, notify based in, I have his object. And let the person who can prove that it is come and get it. Whereas according to Rabbi Akiva, also it makes no difference whether you swore or you didn't swear. The only way to extricate yourself from the Avera is to do what? Is to pay Everyone. each and every one. Now, Lachara, that means neither one can be the author of our Mishnah. Because the author of our Mishnah says, yes, it has to get into the hand directly of the person you have the, you, you stole from. However, our Mishnah said it's only discussing in a case where you swore falsely. But it's Mashmah that if you didn't swear falsely, you would not have that obligation. Which doesn't go not like Rabbi Tarfun, nor does it go like Rabbi Akiva. That's the point that Gmar is making, like money. So who is the author of our Mishnah? E Rabbi Tarfun, if it's going to be like Rabbi Tarfun, even though Rabbi Tarfan Wichor is talking about even where you swore falsely, what he said is you can leave the theft between them. You don't have to go ahead and give to five people to ensure you for sure gave. You can just notify the based in and then leave it there and let them come fight it out and come get it. Or Mistalik and you remove yourself from the situation. And E Rabbi Akiva, and it's not going like Rabbi Akiva either. Because yes, Rabbi Akiva says you have an obligation to ensure that it gets into the hand, but he didn't make a distinction whether there was an oath or not an oath. It means he's Mashwa, you have to do that even in cases where there is no oath, you're Machuyev to do it. Avagabdaloyeshtaba, Amar he holds, Aji Shalam Echad Echad. You would have to do it, you would have to return it to each and every individual. So Gemara says like this. In order to be able to align our Mishnah like one of these two Tanoic opinions, we have to say that perhaps the Machlokas Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfun was not discussing all situations. It was only discussing a situation perhaps where there was a Shvuah. So now, if you learn that their argument is talking about only when there was a shvua, then it could come out that Rabbi Akiva could be the author of our Mishnah. Because what does Rabbi Akiva say? If we're understanding, he's talking about a case where there was a shvua. It means where there was a shvua, you're mechuyiv to give it back to each and every one in their hands. But lechore, if there had not been a shvua, it's just you have stolen property that you didn't swear falsely on, lechore, you would not have to do it. Then it would be aligning with our Mishnah. Rabbi Tarfun then would not be able to be our Mishnah, because Rabbi Tarfun is saying, even when there is a Shvua, you're not Mechuyiv to put it into the hands of the person. So therefore, Sigmar says like this, I could tell you the author of our Mishnah could be going like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, when did Rabbi Akiva say, He took the position that if you're not sure which one of the five, you have to pay all five, because you have to make sure it gets directly from your hand into the hand of the Nigzal. It's talking about a case, that Talking about where there was a false oath over there. Amar. That's where he said it. Now, if you learn that, then it comes out good. Then it comes out Rabbi Akiva would be the author of our Mishnah, that it's only the Chiv to make sure it gets into the hand. Even if you have to bear the expense, in the case of our Mishnah, you have to pay for the, tr- the plane ride to get to Madai. In the case that Rabbi Akiva is talking about, you have to pay five people to ensure that it gets into the right person's hand. Yeah, because there was a Shvua. No Shvua, you're not Mechiv to do that. Now, since the Gemara might 
point timer. What's the difference that we make this distinction when there's an oath, it's worse? That lechora, that when there's an oath, you have to make sure that it gets handed to you. And you can't just say, listen, I have your item. You have to, you can come get it from me. And what it says, because in the case of, by an oath, the Torah stresses like this. It says, the Pasuk says, that, um, uh, on the day that you admit your guilt, you have to, it says, that the, the persons who it belongs to, yitneno. So we already have the general statement that the you have to return a lost, a stolen object. But here is even more. It says you have to make sure that he gets it on the day that you are admitting your guilt. So what do you see that it, that it says Rabbi Akiva that that additional stress that it says on the day of your guilt, what does that imply? It's not enough just to say I have it, come get it. You have to actually make sure it gets into his hand. So now, says the Gemara, that Pasuk is pretty clear. So what does Rabbi Tarfun do with that? Because we're learning now that the Machlokas of Yekiva Rabbi Tarfun so much where there was a false Shvua, and that's why Rabbi Akiva goes with his Pasuk. You have to make sure it gets into the person's hand. Even if you have to pay five times, you have to go ahead and do it. So how come Rabbi Tarfun disagrees with that? So what does Rabbi Tarfun hold? Rabbi Tarfun says, Even though you did swear falsely, and technically you should have to make sure that it gets into somebody's hand, even at a cost... To you, however, Avud Rabbanan Takanta, but the Rabbanan made a special Takana. They made, uh, there was a leniency, they made a Takana because they wanted to ensure that people are going to do Teshuvah. And if you now have to go and pay five times, so you're not going to do it. So there was a special Takana. So when it says, Avud Rabbanan Takanta, the Sanyi Rabbi Lozav Rabbi Tadak, like Rabbi Lozav Rabbi Tadak taught in the Brisa, Omer, the Sanyi Rabbi Lozav Rabbi Tadak Omer, he said, Takana G'day Leskinu, the Chachamim made a special enactment, a great enactment, on behalf of the robbers, Shem Haisa Hutsa Yeseira Ala Keren, that if the expenditure is going to come out, like in our Mishnah, where you have to go to Madai, it's going to cost you more, the expense of the trip is going to be costing more than the actual uh, uh, principle of, of what you owe. Meshalem Keren V'chomish Lebeistin, you can go to the nearest Beistin, you pay it to them, and that exonerates you in terms of the financial aspects, and that allows you, maybe Ashomo, that you can then, then you can turn around and bring the carbon. So this is part of that special Takana. So obviously, if you don't have to pay more than the travel expenses, we're also not going to make you have to pay five times the expense in order to find out whose hand. You can just turn it off to Bastin and let them fight it out, even though the Pesach seems to stress it has to get into the hand of the person. So therefore, therefore, Now, what does Rabbi Akiva hold? I, there seems to be this Takana, right? It says there was a Takana. So why does Rabbi Akiva hold? No, that even if there is a Takana, you still have to pay five times. What happened to the Takana? Sengwana says a very interesting Svara. Sengwana says like this, Rabbi Akiva can hold like this. Yes, there's a difference between the two cases. Where I know that you live in Madai, and it's going to be for the for the thousand dollars that I owe you, it's going to be a three thousand dollar trip, I can make it known I have your item, I'm turning it over to Bastin, because in such a case, I know that if you want it, 
you have where to go to get it. The, the takana is, I don't have to spend the extra money to go ahead and get it to you. But in our case over here, when I turn it over to Bastin, I'm not ensuring that the Ganavs are going to get it. Why? Because fa- the gaz, the, 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 the Nixal, I'm sorry. I'm not ensuring that the Nixal is going to get it. Because there's five people claiming it. So by just saying, I'm going to give it over to Bastin, that doesn't ensure. So the takana was not set for such a case. The takana was only said with a person who you victimized for sure can end up getting it. But here, by giving it over the base, and therefore you still have that obligation to ensure that the person who you stole from gets it. And if the only way you can accomplish that is by paying five people, the takana is not going to help you in such a case. That's what Rabbi Akiva holds that the difference is. That even if there is a takana, the takana doesn't help where you're not sure about who you stole from. How, how is it he doesn't know who you stole from? What happened? I, I, I stole from 14 apartments in oh, this big building. Okay, okay. I don't remember which ones they were. Okay, yeah, okay. Okay, okay, All right. So Moses is like this. So says the Gemara. The Moses is like this. Rabbi Kiva says as follows. Ki avid Rabbona takanta. Yes. When did the Rabbona make the takana that the person should do tshuva and therefore we want to be able to get him off the hook and don't make it so severe? There's hechad the yod laman gazle where at least he has the responsibility of knowing who he stole from. Because then the money will get back to the owner. He just made the announcement, I'm giving it over to base. Then when he gets back into town, he'll be able to pick up the money. But in a case where you stole from one from, from five people, and there you're, you're so irresponsible, you don't even remember which is the person that you stole from. You're not going to make sure that the money gets back to the owner because by just giving it over to Bastin, who says the original owner will ever get back what you stole? For that situation, the Chachamim did not make the Takana. So basically it comes out like this. It comes out at this point our Mishnah is aligning with Rabbi Akiva is that there is a special din that you need to make sure that uh the, the item gets into the hand of the person that you, you, you stole from. Yes, there is a takona that sometimes you can give it over to Bastin. But that's all that din that you have to make sure gets into his hand. And you can't give it over to an agent or to his child. Alright, that is only where there was a shvuah. But where there is no shvuah, then you don't have that, 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 that requirement, that stringency does not, going like Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Tarfan holds, even when there is a, in, when, even when there is a shvur, you don't have to give it over, and Rabbi Tarfan actually talking about even a case where you don't even know who the person you stole from, also you can rely on the leniency of giving it over to Basin. Let's go on. Masiv Rav Bar Yehuda. Rav Bar Yehuda now uh, has a difficulty from a brysa, on the explanation that we just gave, that our, that the Machlokas, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfun was talking about, by the case of the five people, was talking about where there was a Shvur, and therefore, and that's where they argue, and therefore you could align Rabbi Akiva with the author, as being the author of our mission. He said, I have a problem with that. Because look at the Brysa. I'm Rabbi Shimon ben Elozer. Rabbi Shimon ben said, qualifying the Machlokas, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfun, he said as follows. Lo nechluka Rabbi Tarfun, Rabbi Akiva, al shalokach echad michamisha. They, they don't argue in a case, let's say a person, you have a bunch of vendors, and a person went and he purchased something from a vendor, and he doesn't remember which vendor of the five that are lined up he purchased from, and he wants to return the money to the one that he took the item from, and all five are claiming, right? so in that case, where it was a purchase, they don't argue. Over there, they're not going to disagree. 
There, you have the option. You know what? Just make go to Beistin and say, listen, here's the money. Let them fight out which one it is. Because ostensibly, you did not do anything. You were not in violation. did not anything wrong. In that case, we're not going to make you have to pay five times. Even according to Rabbi Akiva, you, don't, you did nothing wrong. So why should we make you have to pay five times? The only machlok is between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfan is in a case of Alman Nechlaku. Where you stole from one out of the five people, even in that case, Rabbi Tarfan holds that there's a leniency that you can leave it with based in and let them fight it out. And Rabbi Akiva Omer, he says, no, in that case, you, you, you've done something wrong, you have to return it to one. Now, let's understand. If the case was talking about that there was an oath, Right? That means in the case of the, the Lakeach too. That means that you have to say they have to be uh, equitable, they have to, they have to be equal cases. I Meaning you have, you're comparing the case of where I purchased and I don't know who to give the money to or where I stole. Now if the case is the case of stole is Dafka where I swore that I don't owe the money to anybody and then I want to do tshuva and I want, right, that's where Rabbi Kibzo, then you have to make that the same case in the case of where I purchased. What would have to be the case is, I purchased an item, I don't remember who is it, and then I swore that I don't owe the money or that I paid already. Now if that's the case, then you did something wrong in the case of the purchase too. So why would Rabbi Akiva make a distinction then? Between that, oh, only in the case where you where you stole, you have to give all five. In the case where you purchased, you did nothing wrong. What are you talking about? You swore falsely. So it must be we're talking about the Yakiva's opinion is that you have to pay all five. Must be talking about even when there was no oath. So then it comes out the machlokes will be given every tarfon by the five people someone where there was no oath where you stole without swearing falsely. Well, then you can't make Rabbi Akiva the author of our Mishnah because that means Rabbi Akiva holds you have to make sure it gets into the person's hand not only where there was a false shvur even without a false shvur. The fact you stole you have to make sure it gets into the person's hand. That's the Morris point over here. Now, if you're going to tell me if you think we're talking about Dafkat Ishtaba that Rabbi Akiva's opinion you have to pay all five was only where in addition to oh the money you swore falsely so mali lokach mali gazel then it should make no difference where it's a case of purchase or it's a case of oh of, of, of stolen you've done something wrong what did you do wrong you swore falsely but, oh, so therefore that's one point that you see Rabbi Akiva was not talking about where there was an oath he was talking about even when there was no oath for oh, it must be Rava, and Rava also brings down a question from a Brisa. It says, There was a story with a pious person. He purchased something from one of two people. He doesn't know which one he owes the money to. There are two, let's say, two vendors next to each other. So when he came to Ritarfun, he says, You know what? Put it down, let him fight it out. It's not your problem. And when he came to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said, no, that's not enough. You have to go back and pay each one individually. Now, says the Gemara like this. Now, if you're telling me that that Machlokas also is talking about where there was an oath, a false oath, so therefore, how are you calling the guy a chosid? The guy's a chassid, he's saying the guy's a pious person, it must mean 
He didn't do anything wrong. So he can't be talking about that he took a false oath over there. These Alkadaitah, the Mishtaba, Chosid, that we're talking about where the Chosid swore falsely. Mishtaba, where there's a false oath. Chosid, me Mishtaba, the Shikra, would a Chosid swear falsely? Now you could ask, answer maybe, it's like a previous life. Maybe he became a Chosid. That's why he's doing Tshuva, but he took the, the oath before he repented. The first he swore and then he became the chosid. You can't say that because there's a rule in Shas that whenever you come across a story that says it refers to one of two people. It's either Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba or Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi And we know that these Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba and were not Balei Tshuva. Right? So you can't say of them, though, they became a chassid later. They were always pious people. For Rabbi Yehuda ben Bav, Rabbi Yehuda ben Bav, chassidim mikorahavu, they always were pious. So therefore, it can't be that Rabbi Akiva's opinion that you pay each one, he's talking about where Davka, where there's an oath. You see his opinions even when there was no oath. So we're back to, he can't be the author of our Mishnah. Means his opinion, you have to make sure it gets into the hands of the person, it applies even when there is no oath. Our Mishnah implies it's only when there is an oath. So we have to go back to the drawing board. Ella says the Gemara like this. Your original assumption was we had a machlokas that a guy stole from one out of five people and he didn't know who he stole from. Rabbi Akiva said give it back to each one and Rabbi Tarvin said put it down and let him go. Now we originally wanted to say they're arguing about where there was an oath badafka, and that would mean oh, Rabbi Akiva's responsibility requires that when you as an oath that's when you have to make sure it gets into the hands of the person, which then would align with our Mishnah. We've shown that if you keep a hold, you have to give it into the hands of each one, even when mm-hmm. there is no, is no oath. So you cannot be the author of our Mishnah. So I'll tell you, that may be the machlokas of Yekiv and Ritarfun, whether you have to give it uh, five, per, you have to pay all five or not. They were talking about when there was no oath. Maybe Enachinami, when there was an oath, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Tarfun will agree with Rabbi Akiva, you've got to pay all five. But we're talking about over there when there was no oath. When there's no oath, you don't have to pay, get, make sure it gets into the hands of the person. And then it would come out that Rabbi Tarfun could be the author of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah's Mashman, you have to make sure it gets in the person's hands, talking about Davka, where there was an oath. Rabbi Tarfun has said you don't have to pay all five, you don't have to make sure it gets into the person's hand, he's talking about where there was no oath. That aligns that Rabbi Tarfun could be the author of our Mishnah. It won't be Rabbi Akiva. Our Mishnah then could be going like Rabbi Tarfun. To Moda Rabbi Tarfun, Rabbi Tarfun will agree. Where there was an oath, then you would have to make sure it gets into the hands of the person, or you have to go to Madai to make sure the person gets it. My time, why would Rabbi Tarfun agree with that, like we said before? Because that when there was an oath, you have to make sure that it gets into the hand of the individual. Now the question is, so therefore the Bosak stresses it only only where there was an oath, then why does Rabbi Tarfan require that when there, I mean, why does Rabbi Akiva require when there's five people, you have to pay each one even when there was no oath? So Rabbi Akiva, what does he hold? Even if there was no oath, Kanis, where you stole and you don't remember which one you stole, you're right. Min Ikaradin, you could say put it down and then fight it out. But the Chachamim, the Chazal penalized you. You steal, you don't know who you stole from. Why should somebody lose? Because of you. You should lose and you need to pay each one. And Rabbi, now, let's see when it goes like this. Now, let's analyze what we just said. So we're explaining Rabbi Tarfun in our Mishnah. Why in our Mishnah does he require you to make sure it goes, gets into the hand 
of the person, because Amish is talking about where you swore falsely, and you were moda, and therefore, in order to exonerate yourself in such a case, what do you have to do? Okay. You have to make sure it gets in the hand of the Same thing more like this. L'chor, according to Rabbi Tarfon, why does it have to be where you actually swore falsely? Let's say we're not talking about where you swore falsely. Where you are being moda, you are coming to base, and you're admitting, you want to make sure that you have no sin. You don't think Rabbi Tarfan would also require in such a case that you have to make sure it gets into the hand of the person. But you're saying like this, no. Rabbi Kier, the reason in our mission is saying only where you swore false, you have to make sure it gets in the hand. But if you never swore false, you don't, you, you don't have to make sure it gets into the person's hand. But we're talking about a case in the mission where the person's admitting. Because without admitting, then, the, even if you swore false, you never admitted. But Adib came and said, Yechav, there's also no din of a Karen, a Chomish, and a Karben. Karen, a Chomish, and a Karben only applies two things. You need to have that the person swore falsely. And on top of that, he admitted. But the one is going to ask the question, well, if you're talking about he admitted, then why do you need that there should also be a swear uh, and a false oath to ensure that, uh, to require that he puts it in the hand of the person? Says the Gemara, Smechti, let's see. Heichad de Meshtabo, Lo Sagi, Hodo, he talking about Dafka where he, uh, where he, where he swore falsely. Well, is, is it not sufficient just that he should have admitted? Why can't you just have the admission without having the false oath to have the same requirement? Why do you have to have a nishba as well? Even without the oath, Nami, you should also, according to Rabbi have to give it back into the hand of the person. Desanya, we learned in a brisa, Moda Rabbi Tarfun, Ba'omer Lishnaim Gazalti, Rabbi Tarfun agrees that if a person says, I stole from, he said to two people, Lishnaim Gazalti Me'echad Mechem, I stole from one of you. Mon a hundred dollars. Vaini a day is mikem that if you want to be yod say the you want to be yod say the din of 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 hashava. So the nos lezem mon lezem no no shekvar hoda. Rashi says it means that if you want to be yod say be dere shemayim. It's true that in a base din we can only mechay of you to pay once. Put it down. Let them fight it out. However, we're talking about when a person is being moda. When he brings being moda, what does he want to do? He wants to do the right thing. When he's being moda, he want to be moda. We did a shemayim. You would have to give both. Then the chorah back to our question. Our mishnah is talking about where there was a hodah. Because if there was no hodah, there wouldn't have been a keren and a chomesh and a korban. So if there's a hodah and it's telling you where there's a hodah, you have to make sure it gets into the person's hand. Well, if there's a hodah, you don't need there to be a shvua in order to ensure that it gets into the person's hand. The chorah says something more like this: Ella amarava. Different new shot now. Our Mishnah can go like everyone. And it has nothing to do with the Machlokas, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfun. Why is our Mishnah going Ladivrei Hakol? Because our Mishnah like this. Our Mishnah, we, can, we pointed this out before, our Mishnah is you know who stole from you. So when you know who stole from you, right, when you know who stole from you, so in such a case, you could, if you admit and you say, I have your item, so it's considered like you could be holding it for the person. Where you know who you stole from, and you admit, and I have your item. It's considered like you returned it, I'm holding. When he gets back in town, he knows where to come and pick it up. By a shvua, that's not enough. Because by a shvua, the Torah stressed that it has to go into his hand, right? But in the case of the, the machlokas, Rabbi Kim, Rabbi Tarfun, that's a different machlokas. There you don't know who you stole from. So since you don't know who you stole from, you cannot say that if I'm holding on to it, it? I'm holding it on for the person because you don't know who that person is that you could say you're holding on. So the machlokas are be a kiva, a tarf, and he's talking about where you don't know. 
So we don't know, Taka, then there's going to be a machlokas, whether you can say, just leave it where it is, or have to pay each one, that's going to be the machlokas. But what you do know, everybody agrees, unless there was a shvua, that what? I can hold on to it for him, and there's not going to be a machlokas in such a case. Let's get inside. What is it like this? Ela Amarova. Shani Matnissin. Our mission is different. The cave and the Yoda Laman Gazle. Since you know from who it is that you actually stole, the ID, the and you're also admitting, you're saying, I want to do the right thing, I want to give it back to him. Since it's possible to get back to the person, Havale Kamanda Amale, it's as if, uh, the person would say to you, you leave Yodech, I'm gonna hold on to it in, in my hands, and I'm for you, I'm holding it for you. You can do that in a case where the person know you know the person wants to give it back to you, and, and fine, when you get into town, you'll give it right. Therefore, when the person swore, even though, in such a case, why don't we say the same thing? Okay, I swore falsely, I'm admitting, but I'm going to hold on to it for you. But came in the boy kapora. There you need a special atonement because you swore the Torah stresses it's not enough just to hold on to it for the person. What do you have to do? Losari, Adam you have to make sure, you have to give a directive for him. But if you never swore, and you don't need that additional kapora, so then have a gabe pikodon. It's as if I've, I'm now it's turned from being a, a stolen object object or an owed object, it becomes like an object that I'm safeguarding for you and it's okay to do that. Because until you come and take it. That distinction can only be made in the case of our Mishnah, but you can't say that in the case of the Machlokas of Ikiva and Tarfan. Because in that case in that case no, in that case you don't know who it is that you stole from, so you can't say that I'm holding it for you. So then you have the machlokas, you have to even without a shvur, there's gonna be a machlokas. Do I have to give it to him? Do I have to give it to him? What what I have to do to be motzi, to be yotze, the the kapora. Okay, let's go right. So we said in the in the uh in the Mishnah that where you swore falsely, right, it's not enough, you can't just give it to the guy's son. Or give it to the uh, to the guy to the to the victim's a, uh, agent. You will not have fulfilled. You're, you're still liable. You have not exonerated yourself. And if something happens to it before it gets back to the guy, you're considered still chayiv, right? So Gemara says like this: Itmar that the Gemara brings down a machlokus. It was stated shliach she'asa be'edim. You appointed a shliach be'edim. Now okay, the question over here is going to be is, let me just set it up outside and we'll see you like this. I owe Gene a thousand dollars. If Gene takes to Adam and says that I'm appointing you as my Adam to go and collect my money, alright? These two Adams show up at my door and say, Gene appointed us to collect, to collect, uh, you talk to me, uh, to collect my, to collect the money. Is it, in, is, would I have exonerated myself by just giving it to these two Adam because Gene appointed them with, with, Gene appointed with Adam. The, the, the agent shows up with the two Adam who verify, yeah, Gene appointed them as the Adam. By me giving that money to these two Adam, I'm out of the picture now. Or do I say no? The fact that he appointed them to aid him, my responsibility is to get the money back to Gene. And if something will happen along the, lo- on, along the way, then I'm still... Now, everybody will agree that if Gene told me directly, Gene said to me, give the money to these two Adam, 
That means you're saying is, I'm off the hook if I give these money. But that's not what happened over here. You just said to these two Adem, go get the money. Go get the money might just mean, as we're going to see, is that maybe he's having a problem getting transport transportation. Go offer him the transportation to get the money. But he still would be responsible if anything happens until it gets to me. So that's the question. When you have your point, uh, an agent with two Adem, does that already become like you? And as soon as I give it, I'm off the hook, or maybe not. That's going to be the machlokes. So let's see. So Rakhista Amar Havishliach. It's considered a bona fide agent, meaning that agent represents Gene, and therefore, since that agent represents Gene, when I give him the money, and then I, I put it in your hands. Rabba Amr, Allah have a shliach. That's not sufficient. That's not a valid agency to get me off the hook. I'm still culpable. I'm still liable until it actually gets into Gene's hands. Rav Chista Amr, have a shliach. Rav Chista said it is considered a valid shlichus, a valid agent, because of hachi tarif le'ugmei Why else did Gene appoint this guy with two Adim? Appointing with two Adim is as if Gene was saying that I am off the hook. When I give it to the agent, that's why he made he got two agents to to be there. So, uh, you know, when 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 he appointed the agent, so therefore the uh, so therefore the hachi tarchi That's why Gene went out of the way to appoint the agent with witnesses to say so that it should be considered as if any payment to them is in the jurisdiction already of the mishalech. Rabba Amar lo have said that's not valid. That's not why because Rachik Amar maybe all the all the the, the the creditor is doing or all the the victim is doing or all the person who's owed the money is doing is Rachik Amar inish mehem nahu. He's saying I have trust. I trust these guys. I'm appointing with an agent. I'm trusting him. So you, I'm giving you an option. If you want to use these guys to get it back to me, you can go ahead and do it. It's like I'm giving you good advice. You know, there's this, this courier service. You want to use this courier service? Go ahead and use a courier service. However, if the money doesn't get to my hand, you're, you're still liable for it. So therefore, it's trustworthy people. If you rely on them, smoke, then rely on them. But and if you want to send it with in their in their hands, But you don't have to. And if you do, though, it's still your responsibility, not mine. Unless, again, everyone says, unless Gene sends directly tells me to give them the money. But, so we have this machlokus, that appointing an agent with witnesses, just saying it, telling us, go get the money, is that enough that I can rely on it? Because then there comes a big difference. Because if I'm not off the hook, I might not want to, to use this agency. Right? Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. This is talking about in a Mishnah, uh, uh, this is a Mishnah in Bamatsiya. One of the Dalit Shonen is a Shoel. A Shoel has the highest level of liability because he has the greatest benefit. He is the borrower. He borrows an item. Now let's say I call up Gene. I say, listen, I'd like to borrow your cow. Right? So now, but I don't have it yet. So Gene says, fine. No problem. Now we have to figure out that how do I get your cow? So the easiest thing would be is if I go to Gene and I just take the cow. As soon as I go to Gene I take the cow, I become fully liable for that cow. What happens if I'm far away, I still want to borrow that cow from you, and we don't and we try to figure out a way 
how I can get that cow without actually coming to get it myself. So Gemara gives a number of different. The Mishnah gives a couple of scenarios. Hashol a person who borrowed a cow. V'shilcha biyad beno biyad avdo biyad shlucho. Let's say the lender. The lender who's lending the borrower the cow sent the cow. He did him a favor. He sent the cow to the borrower using the lender's, either the lender's servant, the lender's agent, or the lender's child. Right? And something happened to the cow along the way. Who is responsible? Is the borrower responsible, yes or no? Should not be, because it's still considered to be in your jurisdiction, in the, in the, in the lender's jurisdiction, not the borrower's. Now, now the next set of halachas, let's say it, you, you, you happen to come across my servant, the, the borrower's servant, or the borrower's child, or even the borrower's agent, and you gave it over to them, Vamesa, in all six scenarios, the Mishnah rules, Potter. Now, the question is like this, the question, the obvious question is, how did you know that someone's my agent? You, the lender, gave it over to me, the borrower, so you gave it through my, the borrower's agent. How do you know he's my agent? Obviously, witnesses testified that he's my agent. And what do you see? That still, even though it's my agent, I appointed this guy as my agent with two witnesses, it's not considered coming into my jurisdiction unless I actually have taken physical possession of it. So giving it to my agent does not exonerate you, does not take, you're still liable until it gets to me. So you see from here, just saying that somebody's my agent with two witnesses is not sufficient to now create a change of jurisdiction. That's what we're trying to point out over here. So, the case of where it's the agent of the borrower, hechidami. How does the lender know that it's the agent of the borrower, right? If a guy just showed up, he's, oh, I'm his agent. I mean, you're his agent. Of course, the lender's going to be high because the guy says, I'm an agent, you assume, must be he had witnesses to testify that he had been made the agent. So, how do we know that he's the agent? It must be is that the lender had made, I'm sorry, the borrower had made this agent, his agent with two witnesses, and still, the lender is still responsible until it gets to the hands of the borrower. Giving it to the agent is not sufficient. The Ketani de Potter, so it's a Kasha and Rav because Rav Chista said, anytime you make someone an agent with two witnesses, that's as if you're saying, I'm taking responsibility. Someone says it's not a riot. We're going to see later on. Rav Chista says that there are some, sometimes you can assume someone is an agent, even though he wasn't officially made an agent with witnesses. How so? It's a guy that he know that he works for you. If I, the borrower, have a guy that is, he works for me, he's my sacher, he's my day worker, so then I, you can assume that he's going to be, he can, he can work as your agent. You've trusted him to do other things. Oh, the Lakito, Lakito, someone you've taken into your home. He's, your, he's a companion. He spends time by you. Now, these are not official agents. 
There are people that you would assume the guy has no problem you giving it over to, that that's why in that case, Rabbi Chista learns, it's not, he, we're going to see later on, it's not a sufficient agency. And therefore, the Hachanam, you'll say the same thing over here, is Veschiro Velakito, where it's talking about that you, you gave it over to the borrower's day worker, or you gave it over to somebody who's a companion of the borrower, but that still does not make the borrower responsible for it until it gets to his hand. But Ein Hachanam, Rabbi Chista said, if you had, that the borrower had sent someone that he had appointed with two agents, with two witnesses, then giving the lender, giving it to that person, would be considered as if you put it in the hands of the borrower. Okay. Now the Gemara brings down... It's really irrelevant. You have to say that you ship merchandise. FOB delivery or FOB shipping. Right. At which point does the buyer... Where who, who, does li- liability take, take hold? At which right. point? Right. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah. Says like this. In our mission, it says that if you owe somebody, you swore false, then you owe somebody something, and you have to make sure it gets into his hand. It says you have to make sure you put it in his hand. It's not enough to give it over to his agent. It says lo yitain lo no, don't give it to his son, but lo lishlucha and don't give it over to his agent. Now hashlucha echidami. Now what kind of agent are we dealing with over here? Idelo aso Same question. If it's not something that the victim, it's not someone the victim had appointed with witnesses to be his agent. So then, of course, you can't just put it in somebody. How do you assume that he's the agent? So therefore, how do you know that he's the agent? So, that there was an, a, an agency that was made with witnesses. And still we see in our Mishnah that it's not sufficient that you have to mamish put it in. Now, but according to Rav Chista, when somebody appoints with agents, it's like putting it in the hands of the, of the person you owe the money to. So then why is it not enough to put it into the hands of the agents? Someone says, oh, love, it's also be'edim. Must be talking about that you didn't make it with Adim, and still it's not good enough. So it's a raya against Rav Chista, right? It's a raya, in fact, for supporting Rabba. So Targum Rav Chista, and Rav Chista explained again, like we said, this was Rav Chista recorded before, is Baschir Lakito. The case of Amish is talking about not that you actually appointed, that not that the victim appointed somebody with witnesses. You assumed that he could function as the agent, that the victim would trust him because he's a day worker by him, or he is a person as a companion, you've taken him into your house. Into the, the right. So there's Gilgitta. So we tell him what. But Einachinami, then according to Abchista, if you would learn our Mishnah, and you have a person, the guy's in Modai, and he, now if someone shows up with two witnesses saying that the guy in Modai sent me with these two witnesses that I should be his agent, then what would Abchista have to say in such a case? What would the din be? You could give it over to the agent in such a case. Would be a valid shlich and you could give it over. Where says the problem with that is our mission says like this: if somebody's in mother, you have to put it into his hands. Don't give it to his son. Don't give it to his agent. Then the end of the mission says, and you have another option. What's the other option? If you don't want to take all that trip, what could you do? Is you could go give it to Basin. Mora wants to know, why do you have to come up with that other option? You don't, you, the, what Mora could have said, stay within the thing. If you want, you could give it to a shliach that was appointed with witnesses. Why do you have to switch to, the, you could give it over to the agent of Basin. Instead of switching over, you can give it over to the agent of Basin. You could switch it to, you can give it to the agent of the guy, mm-hmm. under what circumstances, mm-hmm. where he made it, where he made him a valid shliach with Adam. The fact that never gave you that option implies that that option doesn't exist. That's the Mora's point. Someone says, Adakani Seifa, instead of teaching the last ruling of the Mishnah that said, Aval Nosen Hu, that the last, last ruling of the case, but you can give it to the Shliach of the Basin, why do you have to come on to that case? Live, love, Day. Make the distinction within the victim's own Shliach. 
when can't you give it to the shliach of the victim when it wasn't made with Adim? But when it was made with Adim, it should be okay. So therefore, but, uh, right, so there was shliach, but it was made with Adim, hachinami dechav shliach, it should be about shliach. And the fact that it never gave you that option, that implies that that's not an option. So one is going to answer like this. That the Tana wanted to make things very as uh, at least co- uh, complicated in the mission as possible, like this. In in the case of a shliach based in right, that there was an agent that was appointed by the court. Does it make a difference who requested that agent be made? Let's say the, the let's say the victim said the, the based in should make a, a point a shliach a shliach based in. Does it make a difference if it's the, 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 the victim said make him a shliach based in? Or let's say that the, the, the goslin wants the, the based in to make a shliach. Once there's a shliach based in, it's a functional shliach, you can give it to him. However, if it's a shliach appointed with Adim, it makes a difference over there who made that shliach. Because it's only going to be a valid shliach if, if what? If it's made by the victim. But the fact, if the goslin comes and says, oh, I got a shliach that I made with Adim, that's not going to help. So the reason why the Tan of our Mishnah did not switch to a case of a Shlech with Adam, because by Shlech with Adam you have to discern, you have to show the distinction between who made him the Shlech. Whereas when you talk about a Shlech that was made by Beisdin, you don't have to make that distinction. So it was a lot easier, and uh, it's a lot more clear cut. It's unequivocal in the case of a Shlech of Beisdin. It's not so clear when it's a Shlech made with Adam that you have to identify who made the Shlech. That's why we didn't jump to that case. It says the more like this. So Amris, the Bnei Yeshiva answered, Lop Sikale, it wasn't unequivocal, it wasn't clear cut, because Shlich based in, if you make the case of the Shlich based in, which the Tana did make, then Lo Shnaso Nigla makes a difference, who made him the Shlich? Whether it was made by the victim. Lo Shnaso Gazlan wasn't made, it makes a difference, it was made by the Gazlan either. Either way, have a Shlich, so that's psikale, that is clear-cut. That's why the Tana used that as the example. But shliach should also be aided, but you're going to tell me it's a case where the reason why you can give it over to the person because it was a shliach that was appointed with two witnesses, well, who appointed him as a shliach with two witnesses? The chiyosa nigzal hudava shliach. It's only if the victim appointed this agent with two witnesses. But also Gazlan, if the Gazlan would have made a shliach with two witnesses, lo have a It wouldn't be as unequivocal, it wouldn't be as clear-cut. So the easier case, without having to get any major distinctions, would have been, is the case where we did choose of the shliach based in, and not the shliach with Aden. Now, says the Gemara, this opinion of Rav Chista, that if you have a shliach of Beijin, you don't have, and we're saying that's what we're learning the Mishnah now, right? is you don't need to have, it doesn't matter who commissioned the shliach, right? If Beijin appointed a shliach, it makes no difference who commissioned him, says the Gemara, that not everyone agrees to. There's going to be an opinion that the, you can only exonerate yourself with a com- shliach commissioned by Beijin if it was commissioned by the Nigzal. But if the Goslin commissioned the Shlech, that doesn't automatically exempt the Goslin. He's still responsible until it gets into the hands of the the Nigzal. You use the word commission. If the Basin appoints him, and you use but the who asked him to do it? Who asked the Basin to do it? Okay. So say it more like this: La Gatana. Well, we just said now that if there was a Shlech commissioned by uh, through Basin, it makes no difference who commissioned it. That's not everyone agrees to it, ex- to the exclusion of the following Tana. Not every Tana agrees with that. The Sani we learned in the Brisa. Rab Shimon Elazar Eimer Shlech Basin Shaso Nigzal. It was a Shlech of Basin that was appointed through the request of the victim and it wasn't appointed through the request of the goslin 
Or if there was a shliach who was appointed through the quest of the gazlin, and the nigzal then sent someone to take it from that agent. So under that circumstance, it's entered the jurisdiction of the nigzal. So there's only two ways to enter the jurisdiction of the rishus of the nigzal without the nigzal himself taking it. Is one is either he solicited he solicited the based and he asked the based in to make the agent. So as soon as it gets into the hands of that agent, it's considered. Or even if it was requested by the goslin, but the nigzal sent someone to take it from the goslin. So in both those cases. We consider it entering the hand. But just to stand alone because the Goslin asked for basting to commission someone and make a shliach would not exonerate the Goslin from any liability until it would get into the hands of the Nigzal. So this is disagreeing with what we said before. It's, I mean, it's a machlokus. So it says it more like this. Oh, Sha'asa Goslin, Veshalach Allah, and the Nigzal sent someone, Venatal Eshalah, and took it from the shliach. Miyada, then only in that case it's Potter. Alright. Says the more like this. Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Loza agreed with Rabbi Chista said before. Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Loza Dami Travayu that both say Shliach Sha'asa Sha'asol Be'edim that if you have an agent that the Nigzal or the person owed the money the, 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 the creditor appointed an agent with two witnesses have a Shliach he's a complete agent and the, the, as soon as you pay that guy you've exonerated yourself. Vim Tom Mishnah say no. Now how are you going to learn our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah seems to have said when you give it to the Shliach or the son, it's not enough. You have to take it directly. So Mona says like this that our Mishnah you could learn of one of two ways. One way we already learned before, like Rabchist explained. But the other way is like this the Mamzilo Shliach. The case was where you you know somebody's going to, um, to, to 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 the city where the guy owes you the money. And you say, listen, do me a favor, drop by and offer your services to the guy. But it wasn't an official appointment where you said, to Adam, you should go and get the money for me. So that's the way the mission. I mean, it's an agent that was made as a convenience, but not as an official appointment. The where you presented an agent, you tell him, listen, you're going to that city anyway, stop by, the guy owes me money, see if he'll give you the money to bring for me. And you never sent him officially to pick up the money. So it's Chazi Lei, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. So that there's a person that this way to read it. The person over there owes me money, and he's not sending me the money. The guy owes me money, he's not sending me. So Ischazi appeared before him, offer your services. Maybe he can't find anyone to do, and you'll offer your services. But that's not an official appointment because that means you're just doing him a favor. But still, the liability would be. On the Goslin, it wouldn't be considered like coming to handle the Nigzal. Inami, or the other way we could learn our Mishnah, we did learn our Mishnah, is meaning that you didn't, there was no official appointment, that the Goslin said, you know, that guy works for, he works for the Nigzal, or a guy, he's a Ben Bias, he's a companion of the Nigzal, I'm gonna give it to him to give to, but that's an unofficial agency, it would not exonerate the Goslin under such circumstances. Amrab Yehuda Amar Shmuel. 
You cannot send money based on a, a diyukni, Rashi explains, is like a, a, a seal or it's a sign. Each family had their own financial sign. It's like a stamp. You know, we have today, business has their own thing. So they have a guy shows up with a letter that basically says that, you know, that, that, that says that, uh, I, um, uh, that that you're a repre- you're a representative of this guy and 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 you have the seal you have the letter so therefore the fact that the guy has this uh, he's he's claiming that he's a representative and he's showing that he has the seal you can't transfer money to that guy and assume that therefore you've exonerated yourself that he's a full fledged agent and even if Adim are signed below the seal to say that we saw that this guy was given the seal by the creditor or by the nigzal still not good enough. That is, uh, that is the, 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 the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda Amr Shmuel. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. Rabbi Yochanan says, you're right. A guy that shows up with a seal is not good enough. But if the signature signifying that the seal was given to him, that would make him, that, that gives him the power of attorney. That means you give it to him, you exonerate yourself. So Rabbi Yochanan Amr, im edim chasumen if edim was signed on it, then mashalchin, then you can, you can give the money to him and exonerate yourself by doing it. Amri uh, Shmuel, my uh, 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 Michelle. Amri So the Bnei Yeshiva asked Shmuel. So let's say you want to make sure you want to give money over. You don't. You somebody owes money, and this guy shows up with a signet, with a seal, and you want to give it to him, but you don't want to have responsibility. What is the right mechanism to remove the responsibility from the credit from the debtor that once he's transferring it to the creditor, he's no longer responsible. What should you ask for to be able to be exonerated? So when it says like this, so when it says Kihad Rabbi Abba, so he says the, the, the what Rab Abba's mechanism. Rab Abba was owed money. He was the creditor and Rabbi Yosef Archama owed him money. So Amo Leila Rab Safra. So Rab Abba told Rab Safra the Hadi to us is, uh, when you go to that city, stop by the house of Yosef Barachama and pick up the money that he owes me. So that I see Nehala, bring it to me. So he So when Rav Safra got to the house of Rav Yosef Barachama, so Amalei Rava Berei, so Rava was the son of Rav Yosef, said to him, Mi Kosov Lachis Kabalti. Did he write a deed or a document saying that giving it to you is as if he's received it? Means if you have something shown that by giving it to you, his kabalti is considered paid, then I can give it over to you. But if you don't have that, then I'm worried I'm still going to be liable. I don't want to give it to you. So I'm a lay lay. So he says, well, I don't have such a document. So Iachi, so then Rabbi said to him, then go back. So therefore, Zil Beresh, go back to where you started. And and let him write for you that by giving it to you, that, that I consider such a strong agency, it's as if I'm fully paid. Right? But then Robert changed his mind. He said, no, that doesn't help either. Because all that means is he's made you a valid agent. But who says, that guy that's sending you is very old. He might die before you get you. And if he dies before you get you, that money automatically transfers to his Yorshim. And the Yorshim never made you the agent. So giving it to you will still be liable. So it's not, it's not a clear, it's not a, it's a, not a foolproof situation. So I'm a lay, so Robert said, it doesn't help. Because who? Dilma, either us is, because before you get your Shachiv, you might have died as an old fellow. 
the money will fall to the Yorshim, and therefore, and the Iskabal that he wrote would be meaningless, and we would still be liable. So Amalev Elamaita Kantis is just a talker. So what do we do? How do we ensure that we can give it over to an agent without having to worry about responsibility? She says, Zil Nekninulach Agav Ara. So Rava said to Rabsafra, let him be Makna the Chov to you. Let him be Makna the money that you owe the money. If he makna this money that we're watching, must have been a pekodon, the stuff we're watching, if you owe it, that becomes yours, then by paying you, then we're off the hook. It makes a difference whether he's alive or not. How does he, how does he makna it to you? Agav Ara. If you take a piece of property, and he says to me, little piece of property, I makna you the property together with metaltalin, so then it can be makna. So if he can makna your slither of land, and with it, the, the zuzim, then you have no problem. So uh, and then you can come and write to us a receipt that I have received the money from you, and now you're the owner of the uh, of, of the money. So we are, we're off the hook. That would be the best way to do it. Now there's a danger in doing that because if he's marking it over to you and you collect that money, then you're nothing stopping you from walking off with that money. But that he has to trust you. Now, ki other Rav Papa, and the word brings an example of that. Rav Papa have a massive tracer of Bezuzi Bechuzoi. That Rav Papa was owed from the people of Chuzoi, who was owed 12, a large amount of money, 12,000 Zuz, they owed him. Akninu Nehalal Rav Shmuel Bar Abba. He was makne that money to Rav Shmuel Bar Abba, Agav Asif de using the doorstep of his house. Doorstep of his karka, she was makna the doorstep of his house, and through that doorstep he was makna 12,000 Zuz. So it comes out now that Rav Shmuel Bar Abba owns the money. Now, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Abba went to Bechuzoi and he said, you guys have to pay me the money. So, Ki Asa, no, uh, and, 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 he, and he collected the money. On his way back, Ki Asa, Nafeg He ran, Rav, uh, who was it over there? Rav, uh, Rav Papa? Who was it? Yeah. Rav Papa ran to greet Rav Shmuel Bar Abba. He ran to greet him all the way, like halfway. Tavach was a city halfway there. He ran all the way to get it. So Raja says, he's so happy he was getting his money back. Others say the Pshad is, he wanted to make sure that the guy doesn't run off with that money because now it was Machnet to him. Gentlemen, we'll stop over here. Going back to Bajitin and, and Kedushin, we talked about